What's up, family? It's your boys. It's Damian Parson from Locked On Clemson with my guy Brian Smith from Locked On Seminoles. It's the crossover episode. It is Florida State versus Clemson Week in Death Valley this Saturday, and we're going to talk about all of it, man. Brian, how you doing, man? Doing great. This is what college football is all about, brother. Yes, I've been sir. watching this game since the 80s. I love it. Look forward to it every time they play. Oh, 100%, 100%, man. And for, for, for everybody, man, we, we, we're going to talk offensive stuff. We're going to talk defensive strengths, weaknesses, matchups, all that good stuff for you guys. But before we get into that, we got to give a quick shout out to Jace Medical. Today's episode of Locked On Clemson Florida State Crossover is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Brian, when you look at this game, man, and for me, you know, the fans want to know, what's the, what's the offensive strengths, right? Like Florida State fans are wondering, what's the offensive strengths of Clemson? And I can tell you right now, it starts as much as people want Kate Clubman to be the 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 straw that stirs this drink, it's the run game. Will Shipley, Phil Maffa, this offensive line setting the line of scrimmage, pushing guys back, creating running lanes to allow them to get big yards and get yards after contact. That's going to be a big part of this game. That's a big part of Clemson's offense. Inside zone, outside zone. You got a lot of GT counters, things like that with the power run game. And if they can set, that's that's the bread and butter. Get that going early in the game to then work the play action game. Then you start, you know, but uh, you know, trickulating the the RPO game, the quick glance routes, things of that nature. Get Cade into a rhythm. But everything in terms of offensive strength for the Clemson Tigers, it starts and revolves around that that run game. Florida State, I'm sure, is well aware, and uh, I I know Will from the recruiting cycle and all that. I used to talk to him a lot. Great dude, and he is as versatile. A running back as college football has, but to your point, and I'm glad you already mentioned him, Moffa's a dude. Like he would start at the majority mm-hmm. of college football programs. The one-two punch, you could argue, is as good as it is in the ACC and just about anywhere in the country, Georgia, Florida State, anywhere. They're they're really good. So the battle right there, I mean, Florida State's D-line has got they got dudes. Yeah, Jared Verse, we'll talk about him in a minute, etc. But they're too deep across the board. They got inside linebacker Tatum Bethune, a kid I know from when I used to cover UCF. He's the thumper. This is old school football because mm-hmm. Cade's a sophomore. Yeah. I know him. I saw him at lead 11. He's the kind of guy that eventually be an NFL player, but he ain't quite where he needs to be for Clemson fans liking. And that's just par for the course. It takes a long time to learn quarterback. They need to be able to run for four plus yards of carry to beat Florida State on Saturday. It's a straightforward 100%. number. It's the same for the Knowles against Clemson. Whoever wins that battle. We'll probably be talking about that team as the winner on Saturday afternoon. I always tell, I always tell my, my listeners and the family for Clemson, I'm like, guys, games are won and lost in the trenches. And, you know, if you can't win the battle in the trenches, if you can't reset the line of scrimmage in the run game, if you can't protect your quarterback, right, if your defensive line can't reset the, the line of scrimmage and push the offensive lineman back, if they can't get to the quarterback, it'll be a long day offensively and defensively. And, like, the run game – like you said, Kate is young. Kate is a very young player, first time, first full year starting in college football. And he talked about it this summer. Like, man, one of the things he's had to learn is now teams are 
kind of scheduling themselves around him and, and trying to figure out how to confuse him and game plan for him. And he hasn't been game planned before, even last year, until the Tennessee game, right? North Carolina didn't know he was coming. They didn't know he was coming into that game as early as he did versus, you know, in the ACC championship game. So that's something that, you know, he has to consistently do better. And, and I think the quick passing game is another strength of this team where you have Antonio Williams, the sophomore wide receiver, who to me is the best wide receiver on the team. Um, and I, I really love his game and what he brings to the table. Those quick option routes. If Florida State wants to kind of give him cushion and play off man in, in, the, yeah. in the nickel and, and you want to give him a five to six yards of cushion, those option routes with his route running, his quickness out of the break could really create uh, opportunities for Kate to get the ball out quickly and get the ball into the hands, his hands of his playmakers because he knows how to win quickly. The main thing is, can he consistently win versus tight man-to-man coverage? Is he strong enough to win in the contact window? Things like that. But I do like the quick passing game. We know the run game is going to be big for Clemson. But offensively, if their strength into the passing game, it is the quick passing game. Use that to kind of set up the long ball, which is starting to do a little bit better of taking shots down the field and back those safeties up. Last week, one of the worst stats in the history of major college football was accomplished by Florida State. They gave up like 12 plays for over 300 yards. But then they shut them down for like the other 50. It was just bizarre. Wow. Now, one of them, Thomas Castellanos, is a player that everybody's soon going to know about. He's at BC. Mm -hmm. He's a kid from East Central Georgia, was recruited by Florida State, Clemson, et cetera, but to play running back, receiver, corner. He's a freak, but he wanted to play QB, goes to UCF, transfers to BC, and he ate Florida State's lunch. There ain't any way around it, but it was only on a handful of plays. Cade doesn't have Thomas's arm strength, but he's as savvy a young kid as I've been around. Florida State's weakness through their first three games defensively is one full, letting the quarterback outside the pocket. Cade, again, he's not Thomas. He, he Thomas could play tailback at either of these schools legitimately. Yeah. Cade gets outside the pocket consistently and extends plays. He just has a knack with it. That can That's my number one thing on my board. I got five things. That's number one. If they keep him in the pocket, he'll have at least two turnovers. That is my prediction because he's sophomore. He did it last year, the game when he came in to the Notre Dame game, like second play, threw mm -hmm. a pick. He got pressure. Kids just throw it up when they're young. Yeah. Jared Verse and those guys are nasty, but they've only got eight sacks and people have been bitching about it. I got a feeling they're going to be turned up just a little bit on Saturday in Death Valley. And if they keep him in the pocket, they're okay. If they don't, though, he'll go for 250 and three. I mean, he's that kind of talent. He's accurate yeah. enough. So your, your guy, will. I was wondering if you're going to bring him up right off the bat because last year i thought he was their best receiver by like game six seven i'm like mm -hmm. i knew he was a good recruit but it's rare for kids to pick up the offense quickly so good for him greedy vance is the guy i'm curious about he's the guy for florida state can play different spots he's always around the ball i wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy they go after though because he's not the biggest guy and ventral yeah. cypress the kid that transferred for virginia for fsu teams have been staying away from him he's really good he's probably gonna get paid yeah, but some of these other guys are going to try to find matchups. That's what all this stuff is. It's basketball and grass. Clemson's been doing it for a decade. They're really good at it. But Florida State has the athletes to match up. It's about as even as it gets. It's a lot of fun. Could come down to two or three plays. No, whether it makes a throw. You know, if you got a chance at a pick, you got to make the pick. Don't drop it. Little things like that you kind of take for granted in a five-point game or less. That could be the swing. No, and and you're right. And I, when you talk about you know just. 
for me, I think Clemson had, and I keep talking about their mentality, their 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 temperament, come out with physicality on both sides of the ball and be 100%. ready for a fight, especially in this game. Because I saw that early versus LSU week one. Florida State was out there, like, they letting LSU know, like, okay, you may be the SEC team, but we don't really care about that. We're going to punch you in the mouth. And I saw there was a couple, even a couple kind of tone setters late, you know, right at the whistle, maybe a little after. And I'm like, okay, that's football. That's how you get into the mind of your opponent and let them know, hey, it's going to be, and it's one of those situations, you know, I played through high school and everything. It's one of those situations you kind of, you, you see the guy getting up, you just look at him and like, hey, we're going to be here all four quarters. This is that type of game. And you get into their head that way. Clemson has to be able to answer the bell in that situation. And, and one of the guys in terms of, you know, look at offensive weaknesses, man, now talk to talk to the family about him. Right tackle Blake Miller, 6'6, 315, big kid. Straight line, he's athletic. When you make him change directions, that's when you have concerns. And for me, just watching him, I see him, you know, watching all 22, watching the coaches film. He's on the he's on the he's on the ground far too much for me. Um he's he's a he's a waist bender, not a knee bender, right? Giving up that he's kind of top heavy like that. Like, and it's like, okay, I, I just see. And I've told him, I said, man, I see a, I see a lane. I see that path for Jared Verse to have three and a half sacks in this game if he's lined up across from this kid. Let me, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that I thought. In my opinion, I'm sure you'll probably follow this up. Dab is one of the better head coaches in college football. Let's just yeah, go with the obvious. They're not going to allow Jared to wreck the game. Every team they played, chip, double, or both. Somebody else beating us. Florida State has eight sacks, which is okay but they got the capability to have a 50 sack team mm-hmm. and teams have just went quick game and yep. double him. They're like, we might lose today, <laughs> but you're not going to be why you're not going to be this. The guy to watch is Patrick Payton. He's a kid out of Miami was a little bit light coming out and he just, he turned it up last year. And now he's the other guy. You can't double both. Payton is the guy I would watch if I was a Clemson fan and you're just curious, very twitchy, very long. He's a traditional FSU Bobby Bowden style recruit, a little undersized out of high school, but long and lean. The weight room's taking care of that problem. One-on-one, if he's on that, like they're going to, I'm sure they'll do some different things. They haven't shown yet. You know, coaches love to be just completely honest in press conferences. Of course. Yeah. um, But they're going to, I'm sure they're going to move guys around. They have to do something with verse. Maybe they move him inside something. They're, he has not had a chance to get off because teams have just completely said no. And that's that's a problem. But the other yeah. guys are talented too. One of them has to do something, and it goes back to that original point. You got to stay. I know they don't want to hear it. They hate playing these mobile kids, and Cade can run. You mm-hmm. have to stay in your rush lanes. Third yeah. and six, you do your job in the back seven, but there's nobody in the middle of the field, and he can, he can make guys miss. He's athletic enough. Peyton, Verse, everybody else they have, they have to be very responsible because they didn't do it against Thomas. I can assure you that. that I watched about <laughs> half that game again, turned it off. They just they just weren't disciplined. They were not focused on the game, and I get it. Boston College barely beat Holy Cross the week before. Right, Holy man. Cross. They had two runners go over 100 yards. Holy Cross did. I mean, BC wasn't focused. They were looking at Florida State. Yeah. There's no Crazy. excuse this week. There's no, no excuse. None. I mean, no, these no, two no. teams do not like each other. These are the teams that continuously end up at the top of the ACC. Mm-hmm. That lineup for the for the Knowles, I think they're going to have a good week. I just got feeling. 
Yeah. But they got to keep Cade in the pocket. If they get three sacks, a couple turnovers, they'll be okay. If not, this is a nail biter. Now, listen, you're talking about nail biters. We're going to get into some more of the defense. Some of these more, some more of these matchups with me and Brian coming up next on the Locked On crossover. With storms, shortages, pandemics, and reliance on overseas travel, as well as supply chain issues, we need to be prepared more now than ever before. Okay, guys? You want to know that you can take care of yourself. You want to be empowered to take care of yourself and your loved ones during these unexpected times. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the medication you need in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed uh, pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code locked on. Brian, man, you're one, one, when watching this this Florida State team, and, and I talk, I told all the fans this during the offseason when when Keon Coleman transferred in, I said, man, you had Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, both those guys transferring in. I said this team, these two teams are going to be lockstep in terms of the ACC. Right now, of course, the Duke game happened and everybody's like, oh, yeah, Clemson's not going to do anything this year. But one of the things that that for me is like looking at this this game, it starts with you talk about keeping K in the pocket, keeping Jordan Travis contained. <laughs> like this, this young man is a, is a magician in the pocket. He will spin. He will twirl he would probably cut a cartwheel if he could he'll do everything <laughs> possible to evade the rush and then keep his eyes down the field and throw it to his big six foot four 215 pound Keon coleman or six foot seven 230 pound johnny wilson man but the one thing i want to ask you about this run game with trey benson and and and, and uh the other running backs on this team how do you view them if you could look at anything being kind of a so I guess weakness, is it the run game? Florida State's strength should be. Like if you look at just the final 10 minutes, the LSU game, mm-hmm. that was a bludgeoning. They went two back out of the out of the gun and ran old school pulling guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is 1929, literally, and just ran over them. Rodney Hill, who is their third team running back, who's about 215, 220. One of those South Georgia kids that didn't get enough hype. He's another kid, just like Maffa, that doesn't get any any props. If he's your third team back, and he's eventually, in my opinion, going to get paid, he's just got to wait his turn, you're good. The key here is Tofila. He's the backup. He's the kid that he had a play on the left hash. He got popped. Ball came out. And that's when the game at BC changed. Mm -hmm. Scoop and score. There's no worse way to turn over the football when the other guy has nobody in front of him except right. for the grass. So is he back in in step? He's a really athletic kid that can catch the ball. That's very important. Um, Trey can catch the ball and do all that. He, he's a really good back too. But Florida State's line was missing two guys last week. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned earlier, hey, you know, I was joking about coaches being – he's not going to tell us if those guys are going to play. 
I mean, it's not going to happen. I have no idea. On my sheet that I have here sitting next to me, I got a circle around a guy by the name of Bless Harris. He's the left tackle. Obviously, Clemson has guys can turn it up too. He's important or whoever ends up playing. I don't know. Again, that's yeah. They have the most experience in the history, according to a certain guy that runs a magazine that you probably get every year, Phil Steele. He said that Florida State had the most experience he's ever seen at any position ever. They had over 200 career starts on their own. Like, that's insane. Now, a lot of it's transfers. That, that is crazy. But that experience, when you're in Death Valley, that place is numbingly loud. The center and the left tackle. If y'all aren't ready, it, it's hard there because false starts, yeah. little things like that can lead to turnovers. If Florida State stays ahead of the chains and that running game's good, and I think it will be. This is the perfect unit, the perfect unit to go there because of the experience. You got a veteran quarterback, a veteran O-line, and you got two NFL receivers. And oh, by the way, Jaheim Bell is a weapon that they even run reverses with. They've already done it. I mean, like he's freakish. Ask Boston College how much fun it is to tackle him too. He is a freight train. <laughs> So, I mean, you guys know, I mean, you play soccer, you, yeah. you know all about him. Absolutely. I had, I'd seen it, but I've seen him the first three weeks. He's another guy I got on my sheet. I'm like, they have to use him in the screen game as a blocker and as a receiver. Mm-hmm. That's very important to them because you're going to hit a couple of plays to Keon. And like I told you before the show, they're going to find ways to make some plays around Wiggins. Maybe not as much go to the other side, but those 50, 50 balls away from Wiggins. And the run game, that will dictate whether or not Florida State comes out on top. No, 100%. And I think that's that that, that is a very true statement because Jaheim Bell can move. He, he he can line up everywhere. And I remember telling, you know, talking, you know, on the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, telling my guy, my co-host, Keith, I was like, man, you know, I remember we talked about him over the summer. I said he reminded me a lot of Aaron Hernandez when he came out of Florida and went to the New England Patriots, a guy that could line up in the back. Because South Carolina used to do it with him, too. They would line him up in the shotgun, flanking Spencer Rattler, and run inside zone with him. You know what I mean? Run he's inside and outside zone. Yeah. And it's just like, because he's such a versatile, dynamic, physical player. He's just a, a movement. He's a chess piece. You can do whatever with him. Line him up at tight end. Line him up at H. Put him as a big slot, right? A power slot receiver. Put him in motion. All those things. And, and he's going to be... It's going to be imperative, especially if he does, whenever he does kind of motion out, if he gets into the slot, because the two guys, especially Andrew McCuba has missed the last two games uh, with, a, with a little bit of an injury. And I feel like, I feel like, it, I feel like he missed those games because it was Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. Like, you know what I mean? Like if it was a Florida state week two, I feel like he would have, they would have made sure it's he amazing. was out there. It's amazing. You know what I mean? I feel like <laughs> I'm healthy, coach. Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> it was a business decision, and they went ahead and and and, and you know say, all right, we're gonna keep our guy and you know, let him rest up for this specific game, this particular game. But even on defense, you know, you talk about you know with Nate Wiggins and everything, and him being the, the, just a talent that he is, man. But a young man, you know, Jalen Phillips in in the, in the secondary as well. Uh, T.J. Parker on the defensive line is going to be big for Clemson. He comes, he's freshman, 6'4", 255, strong, quick, he's off good. the ball. Young man can play ball, and he, he's already kind of showing that he has more to his pass repertoire than just the long arm and the bull rush and things of that nature. He knows how to re- reduce uh, surface area and hitting area for the punches of, of offensive linemen and how to disengage and discard guys uh, away from him. But I'm gonna tell you, man. Like there, Khalil Barnes uh, stepped into that that Andrew Mukuba role versus yeah. Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. 
And I believe he had an interception. He was blitzing off the edge as a plus one in the run game. He played physical. He played intelligent, talking about hinging routes. You know what I mean? To be able to take away inside leverage, hinge, hinge, drive. You know, he showed the headiness. The one play he did get beat, uh, Florida Atlantic, I think it's uh, Webster. They have a speedy wide receiver that was able to beat him one-on-one. He was giving them, giving them like six, seven yards of cushion, flat-footed. This kid got up on him quick, and it, it broke off on the post route, and, and that foot race was not in his favor. So it's those type of matchups I'm looking for, especially in the nickel, because I expect them to move, do a lot of different things. R.J. Mickens and Jalen Phillips in the back end. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of cover one, kind of rotating safeties down, especially with that run game. That, that Florida State has with Benson Ooh, and everything, trying really? to take that run game away. But then that puts Nate Wiggins and Sheridan Jones on islands. And you're telling one of those guys, so whether it's Phillips or Mickens, we need you in the high post. You got to have that range to get sideline to sideline if Jordan Travis pushes it deep. Let me ask you a question. And I'll take Florida State against anybody that wants to run cover one because of the following. Jaheim right. Bell, mm-hmm. nobody's going to cover him down the field. It's a linebacker. Now, if they want to put a safety on him, that's possible. But they move Keon around. Mm-hmm. If Keon's in the slot and they're in a three-wide set, are they going to stay in cover one? That That's where it gets ugly. No, no defensive yeah. coordinator I've ever spoken to wants to hear that question because right. no nickel is going to match up consistently with a, a true number one. Exactly. No, that's a, t- that's a tough – that's a tough ask for any – Nickel defender for one, right? Because most nickel defenders are 5'10", 5'11", that's what 200 I'm pounds. Would you they, know, would so they like, shade, that's tough. like, Wiggins would, like, trade. Like, I would move him. I'd, I'd be like, Nate, you just go I'm leaving. Yeah. I that's don't what I would Wiggins. do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to move Wiggins. Oh, you know what I mean? I think he's so much more comfortable outside and everything. Uh, that's that, that's where, because I thought that's, I saw, I remember seeing that versus LSU. Hey, I think his first touchdown really? was from the yeah. slot on that end breaker. Exactly. And I was like. That's okay. he got a slot fade too. No safety. Like the kid for LSU on that slot fade is going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And he dunked on him. Yeah, legitimately dunked on him. And it, <laughs> that's why it's like oh. if it's Makuba, you know, he, he's tough, he's physical, you know, and everything like that. But when you playing a big body receiver like that, I always tell corners that I talk to, you got to know your opponent. And when you got big body receivers like that who want you to be physical with them, you got to soft press these guys. You can't because if you get up there and he gets his hands locked into your jersey, he's going to discard you. He's going to throw you away, throw that hand up to the receiver, to the quarterback, and now it's touchdown. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to play him a lot smarter than trying to get up and be physical. So that that's going to be a big part is do they rotate down and double from the slot? You know what I mean? That's and where, hard. And that's, that's one of the most difficult things to do is double slot receivers like that. And, and only and one of the main ways you can kind of do it is you you take your nickel, you hey, you have outside leverage, you have a linebacker sitting on inside for anything underneath, and try to play kind of up top, you know, high low coverage, or you have where the the corner's still outside, safety, you play too high, safety's taking that inside, he's driving down. You want to end break, cool. I'm gonna come down and try and make a big play or try to make a big hit and try to tear the quarterback. But either way. It's tough. It's very, very tough to, to double slot receivers. That's why I think Florida State's in an advantage in general mm-hmm. against anybody they play. Even on third and 12, if they go just basic twins with two slots and like Bell is on one slot and either Johnny or Keon's the other one, 
at some Talk point down there, it's going to be one guy. Right. No, it is, that's it what is. Clemson used to do. Mm -hmm. Like Blondie could throw the fade ball and stuff as well as anybody. That's why he was the first pick in the draft. But they had big receivers that they could go get it. Well, it's flipped. Florida State no, now has the experienced has. guys. And that, you know, look, I'll take the experienced quarterback in close games 98% of the time. There's and, that, and, and no one can fault you for that because that typically works out in the favor of the experienced quarterback. He's seen it. He's done it all. He knows what those moments yeah. feel like where the young kid has to get his, take his lumps, and that's going to be big. But coming up next, guys, we're going to close it out with some players, some X-Factor players that you need to know watching this game Saturday afternoon. The NFL is here, and it's the best time to snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because, guys, right now, new customers, brand new customers, sign up today for the first time type of new customers, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a bet of $5. So betting just $5, five buckaroos, right now as a new customer, a brand new customer, you can get $200 back in bonus bets. All right, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It does not matter at all. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time and place to get in on all the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So much money lines, all of it, guys, so much more that you can bet on. You don't want to miss this opportunity. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because in, because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, Brian, X-Factor players that Clemson fans need to know about when watching the Florida State Seminoles. What player do you think could have a big game or impact game that a lot of people don't really know about at home? Joshua Farmer, you mentioned right off the bat, Clemson is going to run a football. He plays nose. For the Knowles. Now, his name is not going to get called much, but I guarantee you the people in the booth for Clemson that are on the offensive side of the ball are going to be watching him close. If they're pushing him or any other interior D lineman off the ball, A, it gets you in second and five manageable situations, and B, it eliminates the effectiveness of one Mr. Verse, one Mr. Payton. When it's third and seven, they're going to eat. That team going to eat. Yeah. So you have to be consistent. I even put this on my sheet the other way. One of the other key goals I had, even in the first quarter, the Knowles need to average four or more yards per carry on first down. Second and eight sucks. Yes. There's no way around it. Every level, you want at least second and six, if not better. Mm -hmm. Universal. It's no different for Clemson. You give Cade RPO, you give Cade opportunities for play action, he's got a chance. I'll still take Florida State scenario. I, right. I like yeah, experience, but you give him a chance. Farmer is going to be in the middle of it, and he protects Tatum Bethune. He is a tackling machine. He is a fifth-year senior out of Miami Central. He has seen it all. I mean, that's as good a high school program as they're in the country. He played at UCF, was really good. Now he's transferred to Florida State and has been a dude. Right up the middle. Those are the two guys I'm curious about. And then Azariah Thomas, he's a really long corner. He's out of Niceville High School, not that far from Tallahassee. Recruited nationally, came down to Florida, Florida State. He's a 6'2 kid. He's been playing more and more, really athletic. He's only a sophomore. This is a big stage, kind of like with Klubnik. You're just curious because this kid couldn't yeah. went to school in the country. He went to play for the Knowles, and he started to flash. He could be in on some big ball because 
you still have to go after the younger guy. At some point when he comes in the game, there's going to be a 50-50. If I'm Clemson, I'm, I'm not going to throw it greedy as much as I would the true song. You know what I mean? It's just rational. You're going to take a chance on that guy. But he's very, very talented. He's got NFL physical tools. Is he ready for the moment? I think he is. But you got to prove it in Death Valley. So that's a guy I'm really curious about. And then just the, the main thing here, no turnovers and stuff, ball handling. I mentioned Tofili. He had a turnover yeah. last week. That's no good. I'm curious how he rebounds. He's a, he's a redshirt junior. Curious to see how he plays this week. Man, I've told I've talked about it since week one. You know, starting games clean, and they did that against Florida Atlantic. You know, pick six to start the game. Yeah. You know, from Nick Wiggins. <laughs> Wiggins you know, yeah. what I mean, defense kind of setting that tone, and the offense not turning the ball over, having efficient, effective drives. Cade not trying to play as a young Superman, turning down easy stuff to go for the harder stuff. Don't make it, don't make life diff- more difficult on you than Florida state's going to try and do right. You can't help them out in that way. And I would tell Florida state fans, guys that you need to watch, you know, in terms of X factors, Cole Turner, who dabbles when he said is he believes is the fastest, re- fastest player on the team, you know, is down for the season for, you know, wide receiver down for the season for Clemson. He tore three abductor muscles. He's getting surgery. He's Oof. out. And, and so, you know, you think about that deep passing element. And this is a young man. You go back and watch the end of that season last year, uh, North Carolina, his speed, his balls, because he's a, he's a basketball player. He had – I would not be surprised when he finally goes to the NFL at the combine that he's jumping probably 40 inches. He's got a vertical, and he can go up and get it, but he's going to be missing. What that puts it on, the young kid from Myrtle Beach, Adam Randall, 6'3", 228, big physical guy. Yeah. I, I told you know, I've, Clemson fans who've listened to this, I've kind of compared him and how I want him to be used to how the Philadelphia Eagles use A.J. Brown. In breakers, Ooh. let him be a big physical receiver. Let him use his body and his frame to push guys around, box guys out. He's probably not going to be a high-level separator. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a two, three-yard separator, but being able to work the in the, the interior of the defense, work into the middle portions of the field, but also when you do want to push the ball on the field, big Adam Randall, go out there, make the plays that your frame says that you can make. The back shoulder fade, the 50-50 ball, go compete and out muscle guys for the ball at the catch point. Uh, defensively, man, Wade Wooded, 6'3", 215, linebacker. He's like the backup middle linebacker. He plays uh, strong and weak. This young man plays all over the place. He's athletic, uh, instinctive. Uh, you know, he had an interception as well versus Florida Atlantic, dropping off, hinging on a route and breaking on it. And for him, being able to get into those passing lanes, taking away those inside routes that 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 Jordan Travis will want to get to with his big body receivers with Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman trying to get in the passing lane and with that athleticism and size I think that's going to be big as well as but also on offense man they got to get Jake Brenningstool tight end 6'6 230 get him going I know Garrett Riley going back to his offense last year with TCU he had Jared Wiley, the 6'7", 250-pound tight end. He didn't target him a lot. He didn't call a lot, call his number a lot. He needs to start calling Jake Brenningstool number more. We saw a little bit of that last week against Florida Atlantic. They got him a touchdown in the red zone. They start getting the ball to him. But that is a name. That's a guy where you think about kind of controlling the middle of the field. I always tell everybody, tight ends are the biggest mismatches in football, right? When you have a big athletic tight end, you can't put a nickel on him because he's too small. You don't want to put a linebacker on because sometimes they're not athletic enough or big enough. Safeties, they're probably athletic enough, but they don't have the height or the arm length 
and the physicality to bang with these guys on those interior, I call them paint routes, in the middle of the field between the hashes. So getting Jake Burningstool uh, going is a big thing for this team. And like you said, play clean, no turnovers, Clemson. Don't shoot yourself in the foot, or especially early in games. Don't do that. Also keep an eye out for freshman wide receiver Tyler Brown. He had the big post route touchdown early in that game from uh from K Clubnick when Antonio Williams kind of went out with a little bit of a little bit of a uh, injury, but he came back in. Tyler Brown, Dabo loves this kid. He talked very high of him from, from training camp. He's explosive. He's a, he's dynamic, speed kid, can run routes, and he's got that punt return and kick return ability as well. Well, it sounds like you're you're just hoping that they get the big plays that Clemson's used to getting, and they need to get back to it. Let me let me just put a real simple question. This will solidify my prediction for my score here based on this question. Ten being the highest, how confident are you in Klubnik having a really good game? Six. I mean, I know that's a tough six. See, that's kind six. of where I am because six. he's a he's a true it, sophomore. It's possible, but it's is it highly likely? I, I truly would say not really, right? Not from what that's, we've seen. He, that's almost identical to what I would say. He, he's, he's, he's made some strides. He's, he's gotten better. But there's still some things that you just look at and like, Cade, you got to turn that down. Out. Don't throw yeah. that football. Don't yeah. do this, right? Don't do that. Like, and, and one thing I will say, and I appreciate it. I remember Dabble talking about it. If he threw a pick in practice, he came back and he was able to ball. And he's kind of shown that he's got that tough res- that that resolve to him. And uh, you just you know you look you hope for you look forward to seeing him. Hopefully, not have to make those type of bounce back plays. Right? <laughs> Don't turn the ball over and have to then have to show us your resolve. Just come out, be efficient. Like I, I always t- like I've been telling them the last couple of days, Cade needs to learn how to be a point guard first to become an elite quarterback second. When you be a point guard and just distribute the ball, then you can start to develop to become that game changer at the quarterback position. I pretty much got my game prediction score. I don't know if you want to announce yours or whatever, but I, I know what mine is. I'm not. I, no, I haven't even. I've been kind of going back and forth on it, but I'm, I'm interested to close it out. I want to hear yours. I want to hear your prediction. I like the Knowles 35-31. I'm going with the quarterback that is the magician. That look. I, I'm by. I follow well, Florida I State. Okay, I, I cover Florida State, but that's just logic. You know, I have all the respect in the world for Dabo. I know some of the players on their team, some of the recruits going there. He's done a great job. Give me the graduate student yeah. over the kid that's just figuring out what his major is. Yeah, he, he's st- he's still trying to ride the bike without training wheels right now in K Clubnik. Yeah, and your guy's been he's he's gone from training wheels to a bike to a motorcycle at this point you know what i mean so he already knows how to how to how to, how to handle himself but guys listen i'm damian parson that's brian smith my guy man we had a blast talking florida state versus clemson on the locked on crossover guys you know you can find both our, our both of these podcasts on youtube go subscribe hit the bell notification on both podcasts all right because brian is one of the best in the business and you already know i'm going to bring you as much fire content as possible we're gonna have a fun Fun weekend, right? 12 p.m. Eastern right. time this Saturday. It goes down at Death Valley. And for all my Clemson fans, I will be streaming. I, yeah, I'm going to do a live stream right after the game. Those raw emotions, those raw thoughts, and tell you guys how I feel, what went wrong, what went right, so forth and so on. But, Brian, thank you for joining me today on the Locked On Crossover, man. Guys, let's have a good one, and we'll see you guys later. Thank you.